You're listening to the Make It British podcast. I'm Kate Hills, and I'm on a one-woman mission to save UK manufacturing. In 2008, I gave up my 20-year career as a fashion buyer because I was disillusioned with how much was being sourced overseas, and I set out to uncover some of the amazing businesses that are still making in the UK. Since founding Make It British, I've discovered that there is not only still tons of manufacturing taking place in Britain, but that it's a thriving industry. I invite you to join me each week when I'll be chatting to inspiring British-made brands and UK manufacturers and offering advice to product-based businesses that make in the UK. So with no further ado, let's get on with the show. Welcome to episode number 235 of the Make It British podcast. So this week, if you joined me for the YouTube live that we did, which we're going to be doing every week at 1pm on Tuesday, I had three special guests that came to talk about a collaboration that they've been working on, creating socks from recycled cashmere that is spun into new yarn and then knitted into socks in Bradford. Emma Matthews from Socko, Graham Holbrook from Turtle Doves and Dr John Parkinson, the founder of Inuio, are here to tell you all about this project that they've been working on and how important it is that textile businesses like this in the UK work and collaborate together. So I hope you enjoy this interview. If you want to actually watch the video, I'm going to pop the link to the recording of the YouTube live into the show notes of this podcast, because if you're a video type of person and you want to watch it rather than listen, then you can catch up with the video recording. But if you're more of an audio person, you can listen to this. And if you want to hear more interviews like this with founders of UK-made brands, then make sure you subscribe to this podcast and to our YouTube channel. So here we go, over to Emma, Graham and John. Hello, everyone. Good afternoon. How are you all? Hello. So good to see you. So um, we're going to be talking today about a collaboration you've been doing between all three of you. Let me first introduce um, all of you to everyone that's watching. So um, on my right or whatever. Here first I've got Emma from Socko. She's the founder of Socko, which is an ethical sock brand that is entirely made in the UK and predominantly uses dead stock and recycled yarns. And you also sell a, um, you give everyone a free darning kit, don't you, Emma, with every pair of socks that you sell. And you encourage people to do darning, which I love, um, to, to extend the life of their socks. And you're also the author of the book, How to Quit Fast Fashion, which teaches people 100 expert tips for a sustainable wardrobe. And Emma, am I right in saying you're based in London and your socks are made in Leicestershire and also Bradford, Is that correct? That's absolutely spot on, Kate. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you for joining me. And then we've got Graham Holbrook. He's the co-founder of Turtle Doves, a British design and manufacturing company that specializes in using post-consumer textile waste, predominantly cashmere, to create beautiful new garments, accessories, and homeware. And the business was founded in 2009, and the company's best-selling fingerless cashmere gloves, and I'm always so impressed with this figure, Graham, um, sold 175,000 pairs just of those gloves last year. Is that right? Yeah. Amazing. And you're based in Shropshire? Yeah. And last but by no means least, I've got Dr. John Parkinson. He's the founder of Inuio, a textile recycling company that takes pre- and post-consumer waste 
uh, well, post-consumer wool textiles, is that right? And spins them into new yarns. And he also, I think, wins the award for the most for the most talked about textile business name because Inuio, uh, which no one can ever remember how to pronounce, so I hope I haven't got that wrong. And am I am I right in saying it stands for it is never over until it's over? Until it is over, perfect. <laughs> and you're based in Yorkshire, John. Correct. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you all three of you for joining me today. So I first want to um, talk a little bit about your collaboration. This collaboration you're working on is creating socks from recycled cashmere, which you're you're providing the cashmere, um, Graham, is that correct? John is spinning and then Emma is doing the um, converting that yarn into socks. So, so shall we, um, shall I ask you first, how did the collaboration come about? Emma, do you want to kick off? Uh, sure. Well, um, I've been talking with John for a while. Um, when, when he found out that we were working with recycled materials and he was uh, bringing a new year, several people, including yourself, Kate, had said, oh, you two must chat. Um, so we had a call quite early on and we didn't really have a, an idea of how we were going to work together at that stage. But it was very much sort of back of the mind that there would be an opportunity at some point to to collaborate um, on some socks. And uh, and this was that very opportunity. And so John got back in touch, having spoken to Graham, um, and they're working on a range of different products, um, but they needed some help specifically with the socks. And that's where I came in. And uh, and we've taken it from, from yarn through to finished product. Um, so, yeah. Fantastic. And then Graham, how is this the first collaboration you've worked on with Turtle Doves with these guys? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And and the socks are all selling under the Turtle Doves brand currently. Is that right? Um currently, yes. Um we've we've actually sold out. <laughs> so we're we're looking forward to our next batch. And what has been um, for you the best pl- the best part about working together as a team, the three businesses together? Um, well, it's always fun to to um, collaborate with other companies anyway, and I, I think the fact that John has just come back in, whatever well, last year or so, has just come back into the shoddy market or the shoddy industry, and we were one of his first customers uh, working with Emma and, and uh, Soco. And we've managed to get something completely unique from a jumper top or a, a recycled jumper up to John, who then pulls it all to pieces, bungs in some British uh, virgin wool, and then comes up with the yarn. And they, they then we then give to a, a sock manufacturer, and then Toco do the the marketing and other bits with it, and then get it to market because the socks then come back to us. And then we market it, and they've all sold out. I mean, it's been it's been it's been great. I mean, the, the other thing to say is that we've been looking for something like this for years and years and years, <clears throat> and we've never been able to find anywhere in the UK um, where anybody was working with material that could then be ripped apart, put back together again, and turned into a useful yarn. And so it, it was brilliant to see it from start to finish. And for you, John, I mean, you, you, I think, first contacted me about Inuio probably three years ago now. How long have you been, um, you know, working on um, developing recycled yarns? 
Uh, so yeah, we we've been working. We we started in OEO in 2019, um, but um, you might remember. I think we maybe spoke when we had the Evergreen business, which was in the early 90s. Or at least you heard yeah, about you were us. one of my suppliers back in the day, and yeah. I won't go into this right now. But you were one of my suppliers back in the early nineties when I had my first business, weren't you? Yeah, that's right. So, um, so it's, it, it goes back um, a lot longer. Our, our experience in the what we call the shoddy trade, which is a, a much older business in itself, but more recently, in the we all started in twenty nineteen, and it's. Uh, uh, of course, we all know what, how things have been a little crazy since then. Uh, but nevertheless, we've been able to put in applications for the machinery to do what we want to do. Um, we're just in the process of doing that when I first met Graham. So he's sort of seen the, uh, the, 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 you know, the development of getting those grants into place and then finding some way to put it and all the rest of it. And we're finally in a position now where uh, we can start to process Graham's material through our machines, which will allow us to do what we've done already, but even more, because we'll have much more control over the quality of the material and when we get it done. So you touched on there, and I'm going to have to ask you, because I'm not sure how many people that are watching this know what shoddy is, especially if they're not the same age as, uh, as myself or older. So do you want to explain to everyone, John, exactly what shoddy is? I, I'll do my best in a, in a, in a, it could be a, could be a whole, you know, series of episodes. But I, so, so Shoddy came around in the early 1800s by somebody that wanted to, had an idea of using um, pre-loved, although they weren't called pre-loved then, garments and being able to recover the fibre from them. And the fibre from knitted garments is known as shoddy, tends to be a little bit longer and uh, easier to spin. And the fibres recovered from woven garments are called mungo, uh, that also have their uh, use but um, for di different applications and, and used in different ways in spinning and blending. Shoddy and mungo, they're such great words, aren't they? <laughs> they just... <laughs> yeah. so so this whole project then is fantastic. You know, when everyone's talking at the moment about the circular circular economy and how important it is for businesses to not only think about where they're getting their raw materials from, but m more so what can be done with those raw materials when the, the product, the garment reaches the end of its life. So for you, Emma, why do you think this is so important? Because I know you've built your whole business around, you know, this is such an important part of the Soco business. Absolutely, Kate. Yeah, um, it's really interesting for me to work with a diverse range of innovative materials. So um, the opportunity to, to work with the beautiful cashmere that's being supplied by turtle doves and having it transformed into something that we can work and run through our machines by John um, is, is incredible. And in terms of the circularity of the business, uh, we're all very much about making a product that's made to last. Um, so Get, making sure that it was compatible with our machinery uh, was really important. And in, in that sense, um, we were quite particular about certain features within the sock. Um, and then also I've got a, I've got a sample pair um, here. Uh, each pair comes with its own little swatch of yarn and a darning needle to promote the idea of reinforcing or repairing rather than throwing away, which is something that's come with every pair of Socko socks since the beginning. Um, so it's really nice to be able to include that as part of the messaging. Because the hope is that, um, you know, the, the, the socks will last you a lot longer than, say, a pack of five that you'd buy uh, for very little money in a high street store. So, um, yeah, they're a really special product and they deserve to be uh, looked after and to have their lives extended as well. I love the fact that you've got the here's one that I made earlier, Emma. That's brilliant. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> it's a twin. 
<laughs> You've got a pair as well, have you, Greg? On, let's show yeah, us. Yeah, exactly the same. Snap. <laughs> so, do they just very, come very in exclusive? They've sold out, so they're difficult <laughs> to get a hold of. So, do they just come in that one colour? And I know that the, as well as the cashmere component, you've also got the British wool component. Why was British wool chosen? So, who's best to answer that question about? The composition John. of the socks and the colours. John, go on then, far away. I think the uh, the, the the main reason for, for that choice was around the provenance of the wool. Um, it's, you know, people can perhaps get some idea of um, how beneficial it might be to recycle, but um, it's sometimes easier then to, uh, to, to, to ignore or not give as much credence to to the other materials that are going in there that help to carry the recycled fibres. And um, so we, we wanted to use a, a wool that hadn't been shipped around the world that uh, would support local farmers in the UK as well as uh, doing the job for us. We were able to get one just fine enough um, and because the wool from overseas tends to be finer, but the uh, the British lamb's wool was fine enough to do the job, and so we chose to use that one. Brilliant! It's also it's also a really nice part of the story in terms of us as British brands coming together using British materials because that's quite novel in a way. Um, because as John says, you're you're used to importing a lot of the a lot of fibres that that you'd usually use in in fine knitwear, so. Um, yeah, it's it's really great to be able to have the opportunity to have a yarn that works that's from and, the UK. And how does the product actually feel? Because obviously there's a bit of a kind of an urban myth, some would say, that British wool can be itchy. So, Graham, you've got a pair in front of you there. How do they feel? How do these feel compared to your traditional well, socks? Um, the, one thing I can say is that I, I've been trialling these and I've got a pair at, at home. Um, that are quite a lot softer than the the ones I've got here that haven't been used at all. So when you, you know, they, they, they look and feel sturdy, they feel British, if you like, they look like they're, they're high quality and they look like they're fit for purpose for a long, you know, long, long walks. Um, but one of the things that I found is that the more you wear them, the more the softer they get. Yeah, definitely. All the best socks do. Definitely. Right. So I think they do. They do lend themselves to to sort of outdoor activities. Um, that I think if you if you've come to the Turtle Doves brand expecting Turtle Dove softness, um, it's of course it's got a a sixty percent British wool content, so it's not going to be that level of softness. But um, as Graham was saying, they do they do wear really well, and over time they they soften um, with the right care. So yeah, they're a lovely classic pair of socks. And what is the kind of recycling potential of the socks? So once you're obviously you're going to encourage people to um, to darn them, uh, you know, once they and they're going to have a long life with the current owner. But after that, what are the possibilities of recycling them? Can we send them all back to John for respinning? I think there are, there are a few things there. I, th I think that uh, great and a big thanks to all those people that have uh, um, that have already bought the socks because that allows us to to make various different kinds of yarns and different compositions that uh, might uh, um, uh, make different kinds of socks and, and appeal to different um, uh, customers and different users, different kinds of socks. So um, getting success in the early stages, as with most, most products, is really important to do that. But in terms of can the socks be recycled again, um, the quick answer is yes. 
the answer to nearly every question in textiles is it depends. <laughs> and it's no different here. Um, but, I love um, that. So, so it, it, yes, they, they could, but best not if it was just on their own, but if they blended in with some material going for the first time, because um, uh, th then you get the mix of the, of the, of the first recycle and the second recycle, but then it's, then it's fine. It, it, it will, the, if we were able to get those back, the answer is yes, we could find a way of incorporating them into a blend that would bake something else. Might not make another socks, another sock, but it would make something else. So it's not the end of the story, you know. Um, yeah. We're only limited by our imagination and ingenuity. Brilliant. The answers are all there. We just need to keep trying. It's never over and until it's over. Yeah. It's never over until it's over. Correct. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> the, the big thing for me, and John's much more of an expert than I am, and, and everything I said I sort of like picked up from John, but it's all about the fibre and the length and strength of the fibre. So even if a sock has been worn and worn and worn again and has been, you know, it's got holes all over it, it can still be then sent somewhere back to John or maybe we could set up our own scheme as well and then forward it on to John. And John, with his genius, can then combine other fabrics of different lengths, different thicknesses, and because he knows the way that these things work and we can experiment with his new, new uh, assets that he's got in his factory, there's no reason at all why you can't take even the most depleted of garments, whether they're socks or hats or jumpers or whatever, and then send them back, and then they can be they can be uh, reborn again. I think the you know the um, Emma's um, that make and mend is the is the first stage with all uh, post consumer garments, and it's only when either uh, Graham's uh, taken the parts that he needs needs for his products, or there's a jumper with holes in it and red wine spilt down that's where we come into our own so for sure um that's that's kind of in you know philosophically we're better off when the garment is no longer usable as a garment mm. and and i was going to say about the sort of dismantling that you can do with a knitted item like a sock so um all socks have a small nylon component so to get it back down to uh just the just the wool and cashmere you'd need to separate out the, the nylon um, or the elastane that's in the cuff. So John and I had spoken about simply cutting off the cuff and using that for something separate. Um, but then you can actually unravel a sock and separate it into the two fibres again, which um, with a hand-knitting yarn, for example, that's been spun with a nylon, like a sock yarn that's been um, spun for hand-knitting, usually the nylon's integrated. Whereas this is plated, so it just sits behind, and we can look to to unravel them um, and have two separate yarns, which makes it a kind of purer thing to then go on. And it's time consuming, and we haven't necessarily found the the, the way of doing that. But actually, the dismantling of it and having those raw components in the same way that if you baked a cake, you couldn't then separate out the eggs and the flour and, and what have you. This is this is something where you actually can do that, and and so the potential to have something that's sort of more pure in terms of keeping your man-made separate from your natural fiber um, is, is a really exciting possibility in terms of the secular economy. Because that's one of the main issues, isn't it, with any textile that you want to recycle is when it's when there are several different fibers uh, merged. Like if you've got a poly cotton, you can't separate out the two, can you? So there's still so many challenges, don't you think, with the whole kind of circular economy and how we can make textiles more reusable and what you guys are doing is brilliant because you're actually going to 
finding a way to make it work. And certainly what John's doing in terms of the opportunities for the UK textile industry with what he can recycle um, is amazing. And you're the first business of this kind, aren't you, at the moment, John, in the UK? No one else is doing what you're doing at all. Um, that's that's right. We were the very first in the in the world with the Evergreen in the Hill in the 90s. And now even 30-odd years on, we're still the only business doing specifically just what what we're doing in terms of serving the industry and making our own brand and we're an R&D centre and all that kind of stuff and the last traditional shoddy manufacturers for for, for respinning closed well over a generation ago in 2000 and so the industry haven't really had that capability in the UK available to them and they they will have now so as well as making our own brand of things and working with in collaborations like this one um, we can also um, work with the uh, other manufacturers in the UK to help them too. So probably a stupid question, but why did Shoddy and Mungo disappear in the first place? Because it seems obvious that, that it's what we should be doing. Uh, so <laughs> what we are saying, John, is we used to do it the right way like 100 years ago or whatever, and now then we stopped doing <laughs> it. And, but why did it? Why did people stop doing Shoddy? Um, it, it's a really complicated answer and there's loads of facets to it, but to get it in, in, in as tight as I can, um, generally speaking, people were interested, more in, uh, interested in making money and didn't recognise the, um, the benefits of recycling to the environment or the, the damage being done to the environment. So that, that wasn't a consideration until very recently. Um, mills started to lose out to overseas competition uh, for making textiles and um, when you use recycled fibres you tend to spin heavier yarns so the more expensive yarns where the UK manufacturers could um, get an advantage tend to be finer yarns which use less recycled material in them plus fashions changed you know synthetics came in in the 60s and denim became something you could wear not just at work but other places and one of the big markets for shoddy materials were for making wool blankets that nearly everybody had and now hardly anybody has because we've all got polyester duvets so there's Speak I could, for go, yourself, on. I could John. go on forever but there's a good there's a good start at why why the shoddy trade disappeared Sadly, it was to do with money. That's a yeah. Okay, get John to talk about Prato. Prato, you mean in Prato? Um, is that how you pronounce it? This is okay. the Make It British show, and we want to talk about Italy. <laughs> Why well, we, 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 uh, we're cheering our friends on in, in Prato. They're just some great work, and and, and they're, they're fabulous in, in with the the techniques are, are, are different to ours. We're focusing on traditional um, Yorkshire techniques, as which the heavy woolen district. Um, but, um, and, uh, you know, in, in, they do a very similar job uh, to us, but what we're interested in is keeping things local, not moving things around the world, even to Europe, um, and recycling the UK's waste in the UK, and in the first instance, for the UK market, UK designers and, and stores. So, and that's not so much about being sort of, you know, keeping everything in the UK from a, a, a kind of... Uh, uh, flying the UK flag just for the sake of it, although that's that's useful too. But from an environmental point of view, that all makes makes sense as well. So um, we we uh, we recognise the work that they do in Parato. We were doing it 100 years before they started, but they're they're, they're doing it, and we've we've almost stopped doing it. So there's all sorts of uh, crosses and 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 what have you. They tend to do the finer stuff 
Um, but uh, and who knows? But we do the best, you know? John. We produce well, the best we, textiles in the we, world. We, certainly, when it comes to wool, I would I would argue. We certainly have our own way of doing it. We have some very successful companies, and uh, we want to work with those. Uh, but particularly in, in the case of this, you know, with this um, uh, collaboration, um, to take the best of all that um, and make it successful for um, for turtle doves, which will make it successful for all the people supplying into them. So, where do you see this collaboration going? <laughs> Next, so you, um, I don't think you answered the question. Like, there's one color of sock. Am I right in saying that so far there's been one color? So, is the next stage to, to offer more colors or different styles of sock, different yarns? Who's going to take that question? That's probably probably John stroke me. Um, we've John sent Graham. John. <laughs> we, we, we've sent John. Um, I think it's four different. Um, Colorways in terms of we've put the monochrome jumper tops in loads of bags individually, and then we put reds and greens uh, and blues in, in other in other bags as well. So John can then use those individual discrete colorways to make yarns of those colorways. And at the moment, we're working on I think it's four, um, which hopefully we'll see uh, those in the next two to three four weeks. Um, and so that will then have socks of different colours. We've also got balls of wool um, of different colours and also the last part of the project, which, again, hopefully is only a few weeks away, are throws. So these will be um, – well, John probably needs to Go on then, John. Fill us in on the, on the throws. Is it a yeah, different fibre? Before we get to throws, one important point that I don't want to like miss, and it's easy, is that we get these colorways without doing any additional dyeing. So the people that um, are working with Graham making his products and keeping the, the offcuts to one side and in colors helps us then, uh, say so it's less labor intensive because they've been sorted at site, to produce in colors that we can just add white wool. We don't dye the wool because we use the color of the reclaimed content. So we, we're not just reclaiming the fiber, we're reclaiming the color. And that's a really important message and really important yeah. point. And then moving up, we've, we've designed the yarn and we're in stages of always looking at different ways of doing it but we've designed the one yarn that we've made um that will be available at the, probably at the, we think at the end of august almost certainly uh um early september for the the, the four colors the blue that's already been made and the three others they'll be available uh, not just for socks but by fold we, we made it fine enough for socks but by folding ends together we can make it heavy enough for the throws and, and we can also mix with that some of our recycled uh, post-consumer jumper wool yarns and produce throws that are a combination of, of, of those things, but using the same yarn. So you get your, your socks will coordinate with your throw. <laughs> Love it. Well, why not? Bed socks, throws. Why not? Yeah. Cushions yeah. next as well. Every, yeah. <laughs> Just blend into your sofa, wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, I think that's really good what you said about there's no dyeing because everyone knows in the textile industry it's the dyeing and the washing and anything that involves the water. That is, the, I mean, Emma, you probably know know a lot about that, don't you, in terms of that's something um, that I know that's close to your heart. Absolutely, yeah. I think being able to work with uh, with yarns that haven't been dyed, haven't need, needed to be dyed is is definitely preferable. Um, like I say, when, when it 
comes to the man-made fibers, that's when we need to look at um, ways in which we do involve dyeing just to match it. Um, but yeah, it's looking at eco ways to, to do that in a, in a way that's not too intensive in terms of water use or chemicals um, and, and finding a way to make it work. Um, so really this, this very first range was a proof of concept. We haven't gone, gone too crazy with design. Um, we really wanted to just make sure that we've got a really classic, great pair of socks and, uh, and that we can, that, that would run through our machines because of course there's, there's a lot that goes into um, the, well, there's been, there's been a lot of conversations before we ended up with a pair of sock in our hand. So um, yeah. It's, and it's, where uh, are the socks? And where are the socks actually made, Emma? I don't think we've even covered that. I mean, obviously, assuming they are the UK, and I know that for a fact, but can you tell yeah, us a little bit yeah. more about the manufacturing side? Yeah, absolutely. So um, these, these, this range was made by Mark and his team up in Bradford. Um, and Mark's got um, some fantastic uh, Italian machines, which are very sort of state-of-the-art uh, new machines, which have an inbuilt linking process. And what that means is that uh, the toe seam, uh, doesn't have that ridge that sometimes a toe seam has, which can be a little bit uncomfortable, especially if it's a walking sock. Um, you'll, you, you might feel it in your boot. Um, so it's it's a, a technique that used to be done by hand, um, but there are maybe a, a handful of, of sock hand linkers left in the UK. And the price, of course, of labour is um, is substantially more than it used to be when hand linking was the, the only option. Um, so actually working with Mark and his team um, to be able to make these socks was was really the, the most um, the most obvious way to go. Um, but I do work with other UK manufacturers as well. Do you know, Emma, Brilliant. we've not put, we've not put that on our website. I, d- I didn't okay. know, I missed it, that, that, that what you've just said about Mark and his team and what they do with the machinery. So nothing right. on our website talks about the socks being brilliant for walking because you don't have the the usual chafing at the toes, which, uh, which funny enough, was exactly the way how we got into the project in the first place because everything we do is on an overlocker or a flatbed and everything you wear doesn't have any of those pinch points except for socks. And we couldn't make the socks that didn't have those pinch points, hence the reason we went to John and, 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 and to you, Emma. So that's yeah. a really – I didn't know that. So we'll change that on our website later on today. And you sold Great. it already. Well, have, have a- have a little look at the Soccer website as well, which redirects to the Turtle Doves website because all the information is, is on there as well. I was going to say, if anyone watching this wants to get in touch or listening to this as well, wants to get in touch um, with any of you, where's the best place to find you? So, Emma, do you want to start first? Where's the best place for people to find you? Sure. So um, our website is Soco, that's sock with a no on the end, dot shop. Um, so www.soco.shop. And uh, we're also on all the all the big social medias uh, at Soco Shop, all one word. And Graham Turtle Doves, which is the website where people can find the socks that we're. That's where they can actually purchase the socks. Is that correct? Yeah. doveskouk Brilliant. And John, and they've got a spell in Nuiu right for a start, haven't they? <laughs> can you they're, need they're, to be able to. Be, yeah, if they get anywhere close, there's nobody else that even anywhere. I was about to say, what there. happens in yeah, there's Google a good reason search. for that, John. <laughs> yeah, there, there is, but it's, it's just talking. You know, it's like the old Oscar Wilde thing that I keep saying. There's only one thing worse than being talked about, and that's not being talked about. Exactly. But anyway, 
if, if you remember the long form of it is never over until it is over, you'll get it. But if you're anywhere near www.inawio.com, we'll get you there. Recycles, Wool, Yorkshire, lots of things, and Google search, they'll get it to us. And we, we, we haven't changed, we haven't upgraded the website. We've had some changes since we moved into manufacturing. And the, upside, the website is still a little bit like the old website, but that's where we are. And there's loads of stuff to read, history and all that stuff. Brilliant. Absolutely love it. And we've got, before we go, because of course we are live and we've got people here watching. So if anyone has a question for anyone here that's on the panel, then please do. And I will see if I can bring the question up. Um, Yes, we have. Karen's got a question for John. John, do you do cotton? Um, Not this time around. We we did recycle cotton before. It is possible to do it. it's um, there are all sorts of reasons. Once again, I'll try and keep it um, uh, as succinct as possible. Uh, when you're recycling uh, textiles, it's quite labour intensive, as we talked about. When you're doing it in Britain and you're doing it with all the right um, uh, factory regulations and looking after your people and look all that kind of stuff, it's expensive unless you're really high volume and there isn't a market yet. Um, our heritage and knowledge is with recycling wool and cashmere. So, and also the, the time it takes, the processing costs are about the same if you're doing cotton poly as if you're doing cashmere. And there's a lot of difference in what the uh, product's worth at the end of the day. So just the logistics, just that, starting off with a, in, a, to a, a try and create a new market or to enter a market that says it wants this stuff but isn't yet buying it in the UK because nobody's making it apart from us. That was the right thing to do, plus it's what we knew best. And yes, you can buy a machine um, that will do everything, pretty much, but you're buying one of the machines out of Europe that start on the smallest one at like a million quid just for the machine before you put it in. If you've got to run out of money. Wow. Um, so, um, so we bought a smaller machine that would do specialist stuff. That would It's a, it's a British machine too. Um, and uh, the people that have uh, uh, been going since 18, they haven't made one for 30 years. They've gone into making farming equipment. But I used to buy machines off them back in the day. I said, can you make me one of them old machines? And yeah, we can make it. And so we're doing it the old way and it's specialist for wool. And that's the market where we want to start. It's a fiber type that we feel more comfortable in defending as well. Because... Um, People think cotton's great, it's natural, but 50% of all the pesticides used in the world go on cotton. It's, it's complicated. But So wool is where we're comfortable. Wool and cashmere is where we're comfortable with starting. But um, all the other feedstocks are possible. There just needs to be the market and it needs to build. And, and back to that, ironically, it all used to be here too. And there aren't any, you know, the cotton spinners aren't here if it went back onto the cotton system. But... Mostly, that would be the open rotor end system. There aren't rotor spinners here that deal with short fibre. On the woolen system, I'm getting technical, aren't I? On the woolen <laughs> system, that's where you use recycled fibres. So you can't just put anything on different systems of spinning as well. So it's complicated. Like every answer, it depends, you know? Does, the, yeah. does that help answer your question? I hope that helped answer uh, Karen's question there about does John do cotton? And I, for some reason, I can't get my... I've got all these comments flying across my screen now. I'm going comment crazy. (laughs) But yeah, um, John, I think that's a really good point you made about 
it's the value of the yarn that you spin at the end. It's it's got to be worth doing, hasn't it? Basically, and it's worth starting with cashmere and wool um, rather than cotton for for so many different reasons. Particularly as the wool industry in the UK is still very buoyant, and le- and the cotton is less so. So yeah, Karen says uh, Karen says thank you, John. Look, there's another comment whizzing on my screen. Uh, finally, then, if we've not got any more questions, um, I've got. I've one. got oh. You've got a question yourself, Graham, then go on, fire away. I'm not going to question myself. I'm going to question John. Um, the um, I'll get more sense out of him, frankly. <laughs> um, what's go, going forward, because you think about there's loads and loads of British retailers and they will get lots of returns and they will get lots of, you know, most of them manufacture overseas or some might manufacture in this country. Are you deliberately taking it step by step before you actively contact those retailers just because you're trying to get your thing back up you know up and running for the first time or are you are you finding that actually whatever you said to them is falling on deaf ears because potentially what you've got there could be fantastic for their their um you know their uh, recycling um, credentials yeah, it's, it's pretty much. It's more the former. We've reached out to uh, to some of the uh, of the mills as a starting point, uh, and we've um, we, we've we've talked to one or two people that uh, that are sort of closest to the retail side. But yeah, deliberately because if we we we, we wouldn't be able to manage what we think is the potential of the market all at one go, and so deliberately we're um, both for the um, textile recycling for apparel and fashion as well as um, interior furnishings and transport and um, we need to manage we need to manage um, what we think will be um, more than we can cope with if we went to the whole the whole market all at one go um, but um, we we want to look after the people uh, that looked after us in the early days. So since you were one of our first, if not our first love, Graham, we're going to continue to look after turtle doves, whatever else. Yeah, and I, oh, and I, I think as well it's great when small brands all work together and support each other and collaborate together. And myself as well, everyone knows I'm quite cynical now about some of the big retailers and, you know, because my background is working for those big retailers and how they maybe don't work with their customers and their suppliers in quite the same way that you guys do as smaller businesses because you value your supply chain so much, whereas it's a bit here today and gone tomorrow with a lot of those big retailers, isn't it? They'll no sooner kind of work with you and then push you under the bus and find the next person. And I'm going on record saying this because I, that's why I do what I do now is to support guys like you. And I think it's great that you're all working together and doing this. So the more of these sorts of collaborations, the better, uh, I think. That's because, really, you know, the industry's really, got to really support. A really big opportunity. Yes. So thank you so much. I think now we've probably, you've, you've had, um, we've you've answered all my questions. Uh, we haven't got any more questions from people watching, but it's been really, really good seeing you all today and hearing you all talking about this collaboration. So I want to say um, thanks once again, all of you for joining me. Um, and I've looked, there you go. That is the link there on the screen um, for how people can get hold of a pair of the socks, except you said they've sold out, didn't you, Graham? You, well, you can still get hold of the, uh, the, the, the men's or the very large um, uh, the socks, the, the normal women's um, 
sizes they sold out literally within a couple of days of us putting them on the market. How many um, did you make? Not enough, obviously, is the we, answer to that we, one. We made we made five hundred pairs. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, and they sold out how, how quickly? Oh, within a couple of days. Wow! And we, we launched we launched on the hottest day of the year, <laughs> and it's Christmas coming up. So, how many exactly. are you going to be making in the next batch? Uh, <laughs> Go on, John. Go on, well, we, to him. We, in terms of the yarn, uh, we've processed um, uh, about eight hundred, nearly a ton of yarn. Anyway, eight hundred kilos of yarn, um, and uh, that'll make a lot of socks. Um, so um, it'll Emma will do the math on the uh, on the socks on how many socks, but that'll make a real lot of socks. So I think um, in those four colours for the you know once we get them on, on onto the market and the, the yarn will be available at the end of August. So um, they'll, I'm sure there'll be a big push to make sure that they're they're ready long before the Christmas uh, season starts. Brilliant, perfect gift for Christmas for everyone. You need to start put, placing your orders now. Do you want to know what the, what the price is? At the moment, we're we're selling them at I think it's eighteen pounds or thirty pounds for a pe- uh, for two pairs. Okay, brilliant. Um, that's a good price because that's the same price as your other socks, isn't it? Is that? I mean, uh, yeah. no. Oh, sorry, you took oh, three. Or- <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's I think it's important to to see that it's not for an apples for apples comparison. Because it's it's very bespoke and niche and specialised, and there's a heck of a lot of investment gone into the uh, recycling of, of of what we do, and we, and it's not in volume, so it is a um, a very sort of a, a special product. And if you compare them to somebody that's like banging out thousands of pairs in any old yarn from wherever, it's not a fair comparison, and that's that's not always easy to get across. But nevertheless, it's an important point. Well, the customers of Turtle Doves and Soco obviously do uh, understand that because look how quickly they sold out. So they're obviously an amazing product, and I know they are. So thank you, Emma, Graham, and John. You've been absolute stars joining me today. Bye, everyone. Thanks very much, Kate. Thanks, Kate. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Make It British podcast. I make an episode every Friday, plus there's bonus episodes occasionally. Many of the interviews that you hear on series four of this podcast are also available to watch on our YouTube channel. You can find it by going to youtube.com forward slash Make It British LTD. That's Make It British with the letters LTD. Bye bye. Bye.